Please listen carefully. You know what's wild? The third photo is her getting plowed on a boat. <laughs> Wait, where? On like Google? On Google. I just did 365 Dinny, and it's the third Oh, image. damn. It's the second image for me. <laughs> oh, then we have her tits out. Poor thing. What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. My name is Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today we are talking about a movie that we only watched because Stephanie made us. Yeah. Uh, We are talking about the Netflix original 365 Denis. We are going to be calling it 365 Days. One, to highlight how horrible of a title it was. uh, And how it had nothing to do with the movie, technically. But it did. And two... So that we don't butcher Denis in Polish over and over and over again. Before we get into this hot mess, but also it was entertaining. Steph, do you want to give the rundown of what is 365 Days about? This movie first uh, was brought to my attention on Twitter through romance writers because shock to no one, I follow a lot of romance writers on Twitter. And everyone, everyone kept saying oh the sex scenes in this movie are wild but they wouldn't say what was going on i was like okay okay i'm intrigued then the other thing i read is that it's polish 50 shades and i was like sure let's do it why not but the main plot synopsis i'm also reading off google we're gonna that's our theme now massimo (laughs) is a member of the sicilian mafia family and laura is a sales director she does not expect that on a trip to sicily trying to save her relationship massimo will kidnap her and give her 365 days to fall in love with him and spoiler alert she does and i would argue maybe two weeks so she didn't need, she <laughs> did not need those 365 <laughs> just, days just get that right out of the way also didn't realize she was a sales director i was like what is her job <laughs> i mean you have a brief two minute interlude in the beginning that you sh- that shows her doing well at her job Basically, okay, following it down into this, before you come and yell at us, but guys, this movie's so problematic. We are aware. It, I'm what a personally aware. chose to use for that. I mean, I don't want people coming at me and being like, but this movie is terrible. I'm like, no shit. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And, that, <laughs> and this brings me to, me to my first question. Can you enjoy something that you know is problematic? Now, let's, let's unpack that. Let's unpack. Can you enjoy something that's problematic? Uh, which we'll also get into when we talk further about problematic elements. We have a whole episode about problematic things that we enjoyed. So I do believe it is very possible to enjoy something that is problematic. I do think there's a line to which it is too problematic to continue to uh, enjoy and or promote. Like I can't enjoy, I can't deny that there were parts of DNI that I, or the parts of 365 Days that I thought were fun. And like, I had a good time watching with all of you. But if I sat down to just watch this movie by myself, angry the whole time. Absolutely could not watch this on my own. It had to have like a full, the right audience, first of all. <laughs> And then, like, a group of us just, like, shooting the shit about it. Because (laughs) otherwise, Otherwise, what else? Like, I I can't even tell you what would have been my stopping point. There would have been nine different ones that I would have just turned it off. Let's give a rundown of... So you give the rundown of the plot. But there's a couple of important things to note about this fucking movie if you haven't watched it. Like, one, there's a massive trigger warning. Like, if you are uncomfortable Mm. with any kind of, like, dubious or straight-up non-consent whatsoever, like, this is not it for you like you're not gonna be able to watch this there's quite frankly a huge amount of it the premise of it is that he is kidnaps there, her yes yeah, there Dubcon is okay like... in no situation <laughs> can she be considered to be actually consenting when he kidnapped her if anything also, i'd argue that this is stockholm syndrome <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. Opening of the this is the one I was about to talk about. The opening of the movie, there is a flight attendant that is like, here's the thing. There's two ways you can describe it. Okay, he's on a private jet, and there's a flight attendant who works on that jet, and they're sexually attracted to each other. So she gives him a very forceful blowjob, and then they go about their way, and she's happy. Here's another way to interpret the exact same scene based on everything that they did. This man who owns a private jet employs this flight attendant who she is now trapped on a plane with and then pushes her up against a wall 
She then gives him a blowjob that he was much rougher than she clearly signed up for. He like grabs the back of her neck. It's like very violent and very angry uh, and is pretty gross. And then that is the end of the sexual encounter. She, who you maybe could have believed was into it, gets nothing from of it. And then she walks away because at no point in time could this woman have genuinely said no. Yeah, Doesn't she smile at the end too? That's only there to make it be like, oh, it's cool. She was into it. Right. What would have happened if she had said no? That is one, her boss. Two, again, trapped in the air. We, I know it's wrong. <laughs> we know it's like we know it's wrong, and yet we watch the whole movie, and it's like, why? Why are people obsessed with this? And I was like, I don't have an answer. Is it because we're both attractive? Is it because we've been in lockdown and people are just horny and they want to watch people, hot people banging on a on a yacht for probably five minutes? And even, like, the banging part wasn't really that. Like, it was, uh, it was, like, a little bit, but it wasn't, like, you know what I was looking for. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I can't pretend to not have enjoyed. Once they get to the banging montage, everything prior to the banging montage, I didn't super love because, and I've said this before, and I will say this again, at no point in time is a woman giving a man a blowjob and then nothing else happening a satisfactory sexual encounter. I've said this to people's faces and I'll say it forever. That's bullshit. I stand by that motion. So by the time they get to the actual banging, I was actually like, I can't pretend that if you remove that scene from the context, they're bad scenes. They were very well done. (laughs) I saw that pointed eye contact, okay? I know you didn't think that that was at you, but don't worry. It was also very much at Matt. (laughs) Oh, I felt that in my soul. It was good. (laughs) Okay, but you, we don't know that for a fact. Maybe she's just like, you know what? I don't, this is what I want to do to him. And I just want to be pieced out on my own. Like, you don't know. Here's the thing. But that's the problem as well. It could be interpreted any kind of way, but the problem with these... This is a whole ass thing, okay? There's a lot of ways to interpret it. I do think that um, Sachi Cole wrote a very good review slash rundown of, like, how you could sit here and how you could watch this and, like, have a good time, like, enjoy yourself. But it only works that way if you are someone who is informed enough to understand why what you're watching is problematic Mm -hmm. um and make the leaps that you need to make there there are it's the same problem as like 50 shades and all that twilight and all that stuff where it's like if you're not at a place where you understand the problems you don't register them as problems and at the end of the day no in most situations a man cannot walk up to a flight attendant on his private jet and she be expected to suck his dick is she a willing participant in that event yeah, so, like, That's- if you enjoy this and you don't understand how it's problematic, what does that say? That's a big problem. Like, time to do some internal searching. <laughs> What's really interesting about this thing, like, I was reading, was the um, author apparently bases on both, like, like you said, Fifty Shades, but also her own trip to Sicily. And I'm wondering what the fuck happened on that trip. I mean, as a Sicilian Italian, <laughs> the mafia does exist. <laughs> I- <laughs> do, is she married? I don't, it doesn't say anywhere. That's why I'm like really curious. I'm like, what did she do on this trip or what was done? Like, did she go missing for a year? What happened? Oh, like, the plot, the plot holes of this movie. It was like, how does she get out of a job for a year as being a sales director? And no one's like, oh, that's weird. Like, why was no one looking for her other than her roommate who half-assed basically looked for her? Or not her you roommate, could, I guess her friend. You could drive a truck through the concept of plot. Yeah. Like, nothing about this movie, and I assume the books, are about plot at all. Like, the plot is like a light seasoning onto the softcore porn that is the rest of the movie. And to that point, I actually was like, you probably could have had more sex scenes. That's what the sequel is for, I'm sure. I was just, a thought occurred to me while we were talking that, like, one, this is such a crazy episode because we are all over the place, and this is not, like, dark the timeline is not so crazy that we <laughs> need to be all over the place but it's because there's so much to talk about as we're talking i'm remembering that massimo plans to like prove to laura or lara that laura. laura that um 
her current boyfriend is even shittier than she realizes by showing her pictures of him cheating on her with another girl. But what's later very lightly brought up, but not addressed in any way, is that he had that guy drugged so that he would go off with that prostitute. So even that arguably is not a like consenting situation. This guy had like non-consensual sex and then that non-consensual sex was used for his girlfriend to dump him for the dude that arranged for him to be in that situation in the first place. So like truly there's so much wrong with this movie and yet we watched the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I mean. And like I would say I had a fun time because we all were like laughing all the time like us together i I had a good time if it had been just me couldn't have i think like the only characters or storylines that i was more interested in like genuinely and seriously was probably was it olga her friend olga yeah olga and like the other dude the driver or whatever the driver and i was like i'm interested in this where's this gonna go like i was like and also olga was saying out loud everything that we were all thinking yes props to olga who regularly was like you've known this man for two months why are you saying you're in love with him then is it secretly is it secretly like playing us for fools because it knows it's terrible and olga's us like yeah like is is it deeper than we think from the netflix people being like (laughs) you know what this this everything you're saying is correct but you're gonna love it anyways like i want to know what olga was like in the books and whether this is like she's vastly different in the movie on purpose I will say no. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a leap of faith here in terms of how I view what people do and what they don't do. You make this movie. You, I don't think you are unaware that it's problematic. But yes, you know people are gonna watch it anyway. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't nuanced enough to suggest that anything is intentional. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. the the way that the woman wrote the book is that she's into what she's into she wrote the book the way it is it's super problematic there's a lot to unpack there but they made a movie that was as faithful as it could be to that story made by people who i'm sure don't also don't understand the level to which it's problematic and i think the way that you can highlight that is literally the opening of the movie is his father talking about um this other like warring mob family that are trafficking young girls and the first line of the movie is like we have a like great one for you super fresh she just turned nine and that is used as a device for you to realize that oh yeah massimo is a crime boss but he's not that bad the family has rules and the rules is they won't traffic children so it's fine you can like him because he wouldn't do this and that's where it's well, like kill oh. people, drug people, and also kidnap people. Yeah, <laughs> that are of age. Yeah. And just even the like lack of, I I think there's a general lack of awareness that he was constantly like, I want you to know, like I will never. He says several times to her, like I'm never gonna force you. I don't want you to yeah. not want to have sex with me. That's not gonna happen. But regularly, he gropes her, he fingers her on the plane, he does things that are not sex, but are still like non-assault they're non-consensual assault like assaults it's literally like this is not what she wants she can't do anything about what you're doing to her but again it's almost like oh but he's not fucking her so it's fine guys like that's his line even if he took the assault out he contrived a situation where she'd be forced to in the end like it it was like it was always going to happen you knew it even if it took the two weeks that it did or if it took or four days whatever however long that they were together or if it took the whole 365 he knew it was going to end up in his favor for a reason it was all contrived and they literally just add in those elements to make him seem better and that's where it's like this is what what you're making is almost dangerous but at the same time Again, like, I can, as an adult, watch this. No, it's problematic. I can have a good time watching it with you guys and laughing and making all of the comments that we did. But, <laughs> again, if I had been watching it alone, not only would I have turned it off at the the trafficking line, at the blowjob in the airplane, I definitely would have turned it off by the time we got to the first uh, baby girl. Are you lost, baby girl? 
baby girl baby girl like it was one of those things where like logically on like a mental level i'm unokay with everything that happened in this movie but in a much more visceral way the sentence are you lost baby girl like ruined me like i think i took (laughs) off my headphones for a second to be like absolutely not i'm pretty sure i yelled be like no i think (laughs) there was a moment where i believe it was shanice was just like maybe he won't say it again and are you lost, baby girl? Are you lost, baby girl? Like, he's gonna say it, and he re- continued to for about four more times in the movie. If you guys haven't watched this movie, every time, this is the drinking game, every time he says baby girl, drink up, okay? Be- and let us know how much fun you have at the end of this movie. <laughs> drink the whole drink. This man, so hot. Very nice to look at. Very attractive. Oh, man. But every time he opens his mouth and says baby girl, there is a part of me that's like, you are so much less attractive suddenly. <laughs> I, I struggled to find him attractive because the situation made it very difficult for me to find him attractive. But like, when I look at the actor, I acknowledge like, this is a very attractive man. Yeah. But I, even in the movie, I was struggling because I was like, for me, it was very he hard. He went up eight million, basically seven million subscribers in four weeks that's insane women are thirsty i think i i think i I refuse to follow him because i I refuse to you can tell it's already gone to his head he's a little conceited now i buy it all the like choices you're like that's a weird song to be putting out when they're making out in the shower or sorry when he's when they're like uh teasing each other in the shower that's his song what Watch out, watch me burn Right where you want me to Dim the light, my lullaby Touch me now, stop pretending Fuck it That he made, that I'm assuming for this movie Why was the director or the person in charge of this at Netflix so into him? Also, I have to say, the, if if anything was really good about this movie, the freaking like air shots and like the beautiful like scenery yeah, of this visually, movie. Visually, this visually well this, movie was, this movie was like the, even the house, like the damn mansion that he was in, that was like kind of empty but kind of creepy. But, like, and okay, I will, I will absolutely talk about this in a public platform, the, which is me trying sex? to talk myself being able to talk about this. Yeah, in in terms of like the actual, once you get to the like actual sex that happens, it starts in the boat and they have their whole. By the way, this movie has four separate montages. It's not that long of a movie, and somehow the- it fit in four montages. Three are shopping, and one is sex. No, I'm, it's it's five because it's two sex, three shopping. This movie is an hour and a half. <laughs> no, it's two. I think it's almost two hours. Yeah, almost two hours. But, I believe like, this movie gets to be over almost two hours. Lovebirds was 90 minutes. <laughs> didn't he, I mean, you needed to get that aerial shot of them on that yacht. <laughs> but, like, from many different angles. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't an angle from under his balls. Like, I'm, and, like, the, I swear to God, I saw I his balls on the yacht scene. Okay, the thing about these sex scenes is, like, you watch a lot. As someone who reads a lot of romance and watches a lot of rom-coms, this is the only movie I can recall that I was like, holy shit, they went for it. And I am seeing that he, guys, <laughs> this is probably my favorite part of this movie. He spits on her vagina to go down on her. And you see it. And you're like, what the fuck? Hello? What's happening here? So I know the actress said that they didn't really have sex, but no I'm unconvinced. <laughs> Because have, mean, they're like they're they're literally sweaty. There's I a mean, part where his face, like he actually blushes, and I was like, something happened there. <laughs> Is he that good of an actor? Like his there's a point where he makes a sound, and I was like, that feels real. That's too real. For me. I mean, it feels pretty wild to sit here and be like, did these two people who actively said they didn't have sex have sex, and were filmed having sex by a crew of like thirty people around them, and were. So here's what, so that going to that, this is what I actually enjoyed. And this is what I'm like, am I going to say this? I think I am. If you remove that sex scene from the context of the rest of the movie, I fucking loved it. I think it was very well done. I really yeah. appreciated the level to which it was done. I'm not going to lie. Um, in particular, Commitment. because I think it is the right amount of things to show. Like it's very, it is graphic, but it is not 
gross graphic like this is a problem with anything that feels need to be graphic it's like why am I looking at a dude's balls directly or like why am I staring at someone's asshole like this had a very like it's it's like modern softcore porn which I feel like doesn't really exist and this is what that would look like where it's graphic and in that scene she is clearly deriving pleasure and like instigated and is like having a great time and like her pleasure is also very important to that scene the way that they film it so like I appreciate all of that and I actually did quite enjoy that scene quite a bit I thought it was very well done also the sheer number of places on a very small boat that they managed to have sex was like on top of the boat like on the very tippy top I'm like aren't you concerned if you like roll over you will just not be on this boat anymore um the table like it was well done. <laughs> Did you find? I enjoyed it. Did you yeah. find with the montage, it made it feel like more time passed than it did? I think. Per- oh yeah, absolutely. Because the whole time we were watching that, I was so mad at how little time was passing because the way it would look like it was technically only a couple of days, but I assumed the montages were to suggest to you that it was going to be a year. So when her best friend at That's the end of the movie is like, it's only been two months. I was like, bitch, what? It's only been two months? They must have been on that yacht for maybe a week. (laughs) If that. But yeah, I thought they were having sex for at least two months on that boat. That's what I was saying back, my original question, like, can I enjoy something? I'm like, she, Laura, enjoyed it a lot. Her her time with Massimo. So I'm like, can I ultimately? I think you can acknowledge that you enjoyed this movie i think you can be like you had a good time and you had a great time watching it you're gonna watch the second one and i'll be honest with you if it's gonna be a group thing i'll watch the second one too like i'm not against that but i don't think we should be acting like i mean i'm never i'm never ever gonna be like to someone be like you know what is a great film this (laughs) but But i like have to classify him like do you want to have fun do you want to laugh you want some lols you're gonna watch this (laughs) but i think like we do have to like not pretend that even in that scene there's not an element of he has more power than her yeah he does he has more power than her like yes they do everything that they can to try to seem like no but she instigated it in this moment at the end of the day she is there against her will she's on the middle of the boat she has nowhere to go she's feeling a lot of things he just technically saved her life from someone that was trying to rape her in a much more violent way so it doesn't suggest that like, I think those things need to be considered. Like, we can enjoy it, but not pretending, like, anything that happened in this movie was okay at all. Also, hot take. Do you think he's obsessed with her because he associates her with the trauma of losing his father? In a real-life situation, probably. Because, like... I was waiting to find her. out she wasn't even that girl. Yeah, it was just, like, because he saw her right before his father was, like, basically assassinated, right? And it's basically, just, like... he was assassinated. but like is that why he's obsessed because on loop in his mind that trauma replays and he's like i must find her because she's the solution i forgot like in everything we're talking about this we haven't even addressed that that is why he kidnaps her because (laughs) he sees her which i thought was a dream and i'm pretty sure it is a dream i was like i was like is he prophetic is this what's happening and then when it's like no it's literally it was her and she like his memory manages to say so good for five years that when he recreate when artists recreate her it's might as well be a photograph it's like a spitting image of her like yeah absolutely I think that I actually think it's less about his father dying and more about the fact that he almost died and then he like sees this girl so in her in his mind she is like what saved him so yeah she saved his life you know what's so funny when she turns around and sees the portrait of herself I was like (laughs) <laughs> like that was like the appropriate reaction which is like what the actual fuck i will say she has a lot of appropriate reactions at the beginning <laughs> she yeah. has a lot of like very confused what is going on reactions they called and- her fiery which i didn't appreciate but sure like that was her description a fiery young woman gets like almost like almost like like a horse that needed to be broken in that's basically how they treated her yeah absolutely and like they try to treat her i i think the this is where it's like they know it's problematic but they're trying to hand wave its problematicness by giving her this like illusion of power that they don't realize is not real power 
because they do try to make it seem where like once she realizes that he won't actually have like full-on sex with her until she is like openly begging for it they try to give her like all these moments where she like uses it against him like when Mm -hmm. she is just like openly naked in the shower or when she is in the lingerie in the change room yeah and like there's elements to that that make me like her as a character i was like this is good but it's just impossible to separate those things from everything else that's going on yeah especially because she evolves like let's be clear she goes from better to worse It's all because of that blonde bob wig situation. Oh, that wig was the worst. There must be, like, there must be a publisher trying to buy the rights to this. I mean, they would be a dummy not to because this movie was trending in the top 10 in Canada, basically all over the world for, like, a month. Uh, yeah, and it was absolutely because you were talking about the sex scenes. And that's where it starts to become, like, an. I don't think this movie is worth having a particularly nuanced conversation about even though that's literally exactly what we're trying to do like there is something about it that i'm like it's a trash movie with a trash budget like it, it did what it was supposed was to do and because it was visually very nice visually it was very beautiful but i can't imagine it was particularly large but you know what i mean like it, it, this was not a movie that i think has staying power or has any like room in a conversation but at the it's same crazy. time but this is where, like, I'll agree that that's not correct either, because Netflix has such a wide platform that this very problematic movie went from being a small movie that existed in one or two countries, being something you can watch literally anywhere that anyone can see. And Netflix has a really wide audience across many different ages. So it's not like this movie is just for, like, not just adult, like, I don't even know if you're 18, depending on what your life has been like, if you're, like, you're fully formed enough to watch a movie like this and know what's going on because I know 40 year olds that can't watch a movie like this and understand why it's problematic so like the reach of this story and these problematic elements is definitely much wider than it would have been if a movie like this with all these exact same things had been made by another platform I'm reading um there's a review and the first line of the review for the film is a vacuous idiot is kidnapped by a hot, rich mafioso and given 365 days to fall in love in this objectionable, ludicrous, softcore fantasy. Yeah. I don't like how mean that is towards Laura, to be honest, and how nice it is towards Massimo. Yeah, like, one of those is a kidnapping rapist, and one of them is a victim. (laughs) And also they compare it to Beauty and the Beast, which I... Oh, that's what I've heard quite a bit. It's It's a Beauty and the Beast retelling essentially and i would not how dare you with your like oh maybe it's not yes it fucking is <laughs> and yet he's the beast do people I mean, he is the beast but it's yeah. like not quite the same yes it is just because they don't bone down in i don't know beast. maybe they do and that's another thing maybe they do it was just made by disney <laughs> but like it absolutely is he ki- he keeps her captive and inherently, she needs to fall in love with him for his, like, torment to be over. But he never lets her go. She has to die for, for her to be gone out of the, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same. No, no, but he sends, he sends her away, remember? Because he doesn't want her to get hurt. Oh, yeah, he does do that. And the core concept is that he's only going to be with her for one year. Like, the, his, according to him, if, if she chooses not to fall in love with him in 365, then she can leave. I just realized by the fact that he let her go is them. <laughs> this movie has so many. We think it is, there's some layers in it, but there's actually. She's choosing to stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're being like, she, she made the choice to, for, to accept him back into her life. Yeah. Oh my God. What yeah, does it mean? Does, this mean her ex, does that mean her ex boyfriend is Gaston? <laughs> like the guy yeah, in the shorts? Yeah. 100%. The shorts, dude. <laughs> like. Who, like, don't get me wrong, I understand how they were saying that he was bad, and, like, I can immediately fill out the gaps of that caricature as a person, but in the actual movie, the only thing he does wrong is not want to have sex with her after having, like, a shitty day, being kind of stagnant in his life, and then ultimately cheating on her, yes, but he was literally drugged and, like, ended up having this a sexual encounter purely for them to take pictures of it so like more was going on there like well this is clearly not a good dude because again you can fill in the gaps of his personality also yeah like he's such an asshole just like the yeah. way he would say things you're like mm. 
Yeah, but like in the movie, he did not do anything to justify where he ends up. Even though, again, he's very creepy. Like at the club scene where she's telling him to leave and he won't, like no man in this movie listens to this woman even one time. And I kind of would have appreciated it going back to like, yes, it's a trash movie. Even for a trash movie, I would have appreciated if by the end of the movie, they had shown her being more involved with the mafia because at the end, she's really just asking. She's like, no, if I'm going to be here, I want to, I want to be aware. I want to know things. And she's asking questions and they treat her like she's very naive and she doesn't understand what's going on. Um, And there's all these like elements that because she's Polish, they can't have a regular wedding because people are going to be mad that she's not Italian. Um, But you could have had her, because she's clearly very smart, even though there's lots of things that are wrong (laughs) with the choices she makes. She's not an Does she even make a choice? Her only choice is choosing him at the end. But prior to that, she has a great job. She's in a very powerful position. She's making good money. She has a job where apparently they like her so much. They're cool if she takes an undefined one-year sabbatical she may never return from and won't contact them during it with literally no notice and so there's something about her that's like intelligent so I would have loved to see her like that could have been a really interesting twist for me as if she had like really gone hard in the whole mafia business I was really hoping at the end like before I knew that this was a trilogy with books and stuff when we first watched it I was really hoping at the end she faked her own death and just was like off on her own bye (laughs) like i was just like yeah good for you goodbye raise that child on your own that reminds me the whole time we're watching this again not aware it's a trilogy not aware it's based off of a book i know i was genuinely shook by the ending (laughs) yeah the only thing aware of is the length of time and because i was so annoyed with this movie i kept looking at how much longer was left Mm. and i remember messaging you guys while we're watching it being like there's only 20 minutes left like what what how how can they end this there's only 20 minutes left and i think it was while we were watching it that we were all realizing like oh my god there's gonna gonna be a sequel (laughs) there's yeah (laughs) that was wild to realize wait what was the second book called it's like 10 days right so it's 365 days 10 days and then the third one is the next 365 days real great something like that yeah yeah i think that's what they're all called and i was just like i cannot take one more day of these fake (laughs) as we know the title is fucking meaningless because the 10 days could end up being one and the Mm -hmm. next 365 could end up being four years who's to say because literally 365 days is just a reference to the amount of time he gave her it took place over two months this movie was filmed by, uh, sorry, directed by a woman. Wow. Didn't know that. I mean, there's parts of that that make sense. I don't know that I believe a man could have done some sex scenes as well. <sighs> but but okay. sometimes, sometimes you watch media and you can kind of, depending on who it is, you can kind of gain like what the director or what the writer is into based on recurring themes in their content. And like, listen, if this is what the director and the author are into, it's fine. But, like, you have a responsibility when you make that stuff for, like, a broader audience. But, like, all right, I guess you're, I still stand by. There is, like, a societal thing that is telling women that just giving a dude a blowjob is enough. And it's just, that's not, expect more for yourself. Because, <laughs> like, here's a scene that I think, honestly, just reinforces for me that I'm absolutely right in this opinion. Because she is, they've been together for what is like four days. They are at a hotel. She goes to his room to like take back some power or something. Um, And he ends up forcing her onto the bed and tying her up with her arms in like handcuffs and her legs literally in a spreader bar. Um, And he tells her, you know, if you're not going to give it up, that's fine. I'm not going to force you but I'm still going to get it somewhere. And a prostitute who's been conveniently waiting behind the scenes for her fucking cue trots right out in her very gorgeous lingerie and like a very low, beautiful woman. Um, and he's like, I'm going to show you what you're missing. And literally I was like, holy shit, he's going to fuck her right in front of her. Like this is going to be like a full on sex scene, but he just has 
the sex worker give him a blowjob and it's not as violent as the airplane blowjob but like it's very involved and he's like staring into Lauda's eyes the whole time being like this could be you and then he very quickly comes in this sex worker's mouth and then she leaves and I'm like why are you hot Lauda like why are you into this oh it could have been you you also could have given this man a blowjob and walked away completely unsatisfied on your own like that is not like like so what are you getting from that what are you getting from that like the sex worker got paid at least what would you be getting in that situation nothing you would be getting nothing how do you know (laughs) because there's not like there's physically nothing any sense that you get is like a societal thing it is not an intrinsic thing the first thing she does to him is give him a blowjob number one yeah, and but then they bone immediately after. So that was what was going to happen, probably, in his mind. And he's like, I'm not going to, my line is, I'm not going to have sex with the sex worker. That, but that's because a mistake, he was I thinking Because he was thinking, she's going to get so hot and bothered that she's going to fucking do me right here. I think this goes deeper into what we think people prefer sexually also. Like, I think, like, I hate to say that, like, you're saying, oh, she's not getting anything out of this physically that may be true but she could still react to it because i think i will argue this is a thing and i know you're going to disagree but i do think it is for sure i 100 percent believe that women can be attracted by this for different reasons it's not everyone's preference and that's fine but i do think it's featured more prominently because it does serve the man better However, I do disagree that it is not something a woman but can get something out of it. Here's, I'm not. I'm not saying you're getting that. A, you disagree. You disagree that woman. I mean, the whole point of. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Let me okay. get that to fix I'm my I'm not chair saying for that. that a woman is getting nothing emotionally out of it, but sexually, physically, you're not getting anything out of it. Everything you're getting is coming from a preference you might have like something mentally is happening to make you enjoy that and ultimately those feelings don't exist in a vacuum this is not so you're saying you can't get pleasure from giving someone else pleasure no i'm not saying you can't get pleasure from giving someone else pleasure but in that situation again it just it doesn't exist in a vacuum it's not there's context to every single thing that happens and every choice we make in our lives really sit with yourself and be like for louder like what are you getting out of that moment? And how is what you're getting from that moment based on what people are telling you to? It just seems more likely to me that what you're actually getting is an enjoyment that is a learned behavior in you because the world has told you. That's everything. (laughs) Like everything is pretty much learned. Like I I don't agree. I like, I agree that it's not always right, but like if it's, that's what she's, like if she is turned on by that that is something that she's learned and she doesn't have to like necessarily change that you know what I mean like it's like if that learned behavior is there purely because it serves men like that learned behavior doesn't exist because it's just super comfortable to be okay with this this only is a man thing men have I know I think in this context like this learned behavior exists because media because men because everything that exists in this world makes you believe that your power in this situation comes from how much pleasure you can give him. And I just don't think that that is something that we can just be okay with in general. Like, I think that's things that need to be questioned and need to be expected. Like, if you can sit with yourself and genuinely be like, yep, I got literally everything I would have wanted to get out of that situation, no matter what, fine. But realistically, did you, like, isn't it convenient that this learned behavior physically benefits almost solely the dude and you get to walk away with a feeling of having done well? Like, it's, it's just not the same. Like, you didn't have an orgasm. And there's a huge issue where just, like, women, it's just naturalized that women don't orgasm very often with very many situations. And that's just not something that sprang out of the ground, no problem. That's happened because over the years, women's orgasms have been devalued to the point where it's just natural that a woman could go her entire life having very few, but being in a relationship with a man that came regularly. And like, this is one of those things that I think feeds into that. And I don't think that, and I think this type of media and I think this type of thing just perpetrates that idea 
over and over and over again. And I have an even hotter take that I think you'd hate even more that fits into this just as much. And I'm not probably going to put this into the episode. Two hours later. So I think all of those things are important. And I think if more people did that, there would be a lot fewer situations where dudes were walking away, having gotten blown and doing nothing in return. Like, I get it. Like, people should be exploring exactly why they like certain things. I get that point. I do not think, like, it's, it's complicated because when I think about, like, the things that people like and why they like them, sometimes it's not even about, like, their own sexuality. Like, sometimes it's just, like, I'm thinking specifically about straight women and gay porn and why they like it so much. Like when I think about I that. mean, I when I think about porn, I think of that now also, by the way, is very different. Because this is specifically about like But that but that is something that physically turns straight women on. Yes. Like this is what I'm talking about. Like what about that turns them on and like what is like and then like when you think about I feel like I've talked to my friends about but this before. But isn't that important then for the same reasons of like really because it's also problematic to a certain extent the level to which straight women fetishize gay porn. Mm-hmm. In in different ways, but in similar aspects. I mean, just the way that like, men fetishize lesbian porn. But I also don't think it's something that somebody was like, "Hey, this is what you like because this is what you have to like." You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's one of those things. I think it's I, a lot more complicated than that. I actually disagree because, while again, I don't think like as as a society we decided that women should like gay porn. I think that the feelings that make gay porn enjoyable come from what society has decided for women. But Steph has been trying to say something. What do you, what, so like, what did, just, what did society decide about gay porn? So people talk about a lot, like, why are teen girls so into gay romances in TV shows and to, like, One Direction and, like, innocent boy bands? And there's an element of safety. When you are fetishizing, with, with whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge that or not, when you are a straight woman talking about two gay characters there, there's a lot of things you don't have to acknowledge about yourself and, and your aspect in relationships or how women are treated at all. There's an element of like, oh, the men are in an even playing field. So one of them can be the bottom and one of them can be the top. And there's nothing that we have to consider about that whatsoever because they're two men. So it's fine. And like, it, and elements of that really pop up quite a bit. There's also the element of like, you don't like other women so you don't want to picture them because maybe you're judging them the whole time maybe you're comparing yourself to the other women there's a safety net in gay porn uh there's the obvious elements of like you can just be attracted to the male like traditionally male form only and so seeing two of them helps you but i think you do also need to acknowledge like why are you why do you not why are you more interested when a woman is not there like what you should think about what you're getting out of that because I think the things that you are getting out of that are often related to the way society sees and views women that translate into how you see and view women. Well, outside was... of porn, for, for one thing, one last thing, outside of porn for fan fiction, it's like if a society tells you that women are not fully formed, that their characters are half that they're, 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 you don't, they're just, their thoughts are not there. They're not fully fledged characters. They're not three-dimensional, but all the men are. Of course, when you write fan fiction, you're going to write about your favorite, most interesting characters. And of course they're going to be men because you can't identify with any of the women because none of them are full people. And again, that's just like a thing that happens that is as a result of a larger societal view because none of your mental attractions exist in a vacuum they all exist in a broader world it was weird because i was talking to somebody that is a publisher in the industry in toronto like we were talking about like the rise of like gay like erotica and stuff like that and like we were talking about like why we think it it is either written mostly by women or read mostly by women and there was an aspect of vulnerability where like you're technically not actually writing a man, you're writing a woman. And like that a kind of goes into the safety aspect where it's it's okay to be vulnerable, but also write it as a man and see it as like, you know what I mean? Like there's that safety thing where you're not just seen as like another woman or like, it almost makes it okay for you to say certain things or have certain aspects in the writing. And like a lot of the aspect is vulnerability. and 
in a way like I thought at first like oh maybe it's because they're showing men as vulnerable but it's it's partially a conversation about that but partially like about the role of women inherently as well in society and it's just like it's interesting when you think about that because there's so many different elements again not that simple (laughs) there's so many things none of none of what we're talking about is simplistic whatsoever like I think all of these things are very complicated I also don't think that there's like an end point or a right answer even though I'm very much like I'm right on this topic like there's (laughs) not but I do think that it's because we just need to acknowledge more often that it's you're right when you say like oh that's everything you're absolutely correct every choice we make every decision we have is not something that exists purely for our free will and nothing else everything that we do is informed by the society we live in by the people we are around by the things that have happened for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before us that have created the situation that we're in now so just as much as it is like, yes, you can absolutely derive pleasure from giving someone else pleasure, but the context of that pleasure does matter. So yeah, to have a situation where like, it's just so often shown that like a woman will give a man a blowjob and then she'll walk away and get nothing. I think it's very much like art imitating life, imitating art in that sense. The more and more you see it in media, the more and more it's expected that women will do it, the more and more that that's a situation that happens. So the more and more you see it in media. And like, it's just a never ending cycle to which I'm like, you know what? We need to stop it. We need to stop it with the media that we show by not making it, this is not related to 360 days in this situation, but like it needs to stop being rated R whenever a woman gets, gets oral, like that needs to stop being a thing if it's not rated R when men get oral, but also in real life, women send a free sub more. (laughs) This is my time to shout out romance books because a lot of the <laughs> sex scenes in these books are talking about the stuff we're talking about right now. Like they're exploring female pleasure and like certain reasons why people are into that certain stuff, which is why I will have a list <laughs> of books people should read. I can say too, like, that's why I also really enjoy written written sex scenes because you get that internal thought process, the concept of consent is sometimes a little bit more clear not always because again this was 365 days as a book somehow Uh, not somehow we know exactly how um so i i find i often enjoy that also it removes the like is this porn actress being coerced into a sex scene with this random dude like all of that i'm like no i'm out so the literary stuff i find better and so I, i do like romance books for that reason and also you know what sometimes fan fiction sometimes and I do think it's also, so I, I think what's worth mentioning is if you have, I also think that if you've put yourself in a position where you're a writer or you're a content creator, you do have a little bit more responsibility to think about this more than the average person does. Like mm-hmm. as much as, again, everyone's individual choices don't exist in a vacuum, you really blow your vacuum up when you put your stuff out there. So I do yeah. think you have a responsibility to consider what are the implications of what I have written? Mm-hmm. I was um, actually reading like this author's blog and she's a romance author, uh, Therese Bahari. And I think, what did she write? She wrote something like, when you're writing a romance, the most important thing to remember is like respect your audience. And it's, it's a huge thing. She's like, when you're writing your book, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's not just for you you know somebody is going to read that book that is for the audience like yeah sure it's for you you're writing for yourself or whatever but this is something that you're putting out into the world and it doesn't exist in a vacuum so respect the audience understand that what you're putting there is something that they are going to read they're going to take in they're going to internalize and like know what to and like I mean maybe the context was a little different but this is very similar like you have to be careful of what you put out to your audience because you know you don't know what that like that reader has been through or what they're going to take away from that writing specifically the best thing i heard when writing a romance is like the point of view because usually romance is the point of view switches between the two characters and the point of view of a scene should be in the character that has the most to lose so like when you're doing a sex scene you have to think about okay who has the power in the situation and who doesn't like you should be telling their side of the story at that specific scene and i that to me has stuck with me for a long time so I always make sure when I'm reading stuff, and that's when you can notice when a scene's not working correctly, you're like, oh, it should have been from the other person's perspective. Yeah, because then you'll always wonder, like, was this 
like was this not <laughs> you, like you don't know what's going on yeah and it's really interesting I should mention that I didn't come up with this point of view thing. It was from my, my fave podcast, Faded Mates. Sarah McLean was in <laughs> Jennifer Procopper talking about it. And I was like, that, when I write my romance book, I will be keeping in mind. <laughs> Steph, when you write a romance book, the kind of promotions we're going to do for you. It's going to be, wait. who knows what it's going to be about, but one day. I mean, it has to be historical, right? I don't think I want to write a historical. Oh. I don't know what I want. I could see you with contempt. <sighs> you never know. Uh, we have covered a lot of ground in this episode. Remember when we were like, this will be a really short episode yeah. because we're just going to be like, we had a great time, but it was bad. <laughs> and and like, like, we're like, it's going to be like the shittiest episode. The most important topics. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's, here's my takeaway. This movie, I hope, opens the door for contemporary romance books, historical romance books to be made into movies and for the fact for them to show me the sex scenes that I see, that I read all the time on on the big screen. Okay, that's what I hope comes of this. Will it happen? I don't know. So, yes, it's problematic, but that doesn't mean it can't make the way for better versions. Just like Fifty Shades, probably Fifty Shades walked so this could run. I would say, like, to piggyback off of Steph's sort of, like, final thought there, too, one thing I genuinely hope for is that, like, again, some of those sex scenes were, like, very well done, and, like, I would not be mad if Netflix decided to start making a couple more of those. Um, I just hope it maybe leads the way to some that are a little less problematic and a little bit more nuanced, but show more women getting eaten out, y'all. It's takeout time. Also, give me more lesbians. Always more lesbians. Anyone. (laughs) Just, like, just women having a great time together. <laughs> I agree. Like, I need, like... that. Oh, okay, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but I am now going to put this in my final thought of, like, you know what would have really improved this movie overall is if Laura did fake kill herself, she could run away with Olga because there was absolutely romance oh. undertones with them throughout the whole movie yeah. and they were not addressed. It was very disappointing. I think that's the sequel no more Massimo, it's Laura. She takes over the mafia family herself and Olga becomes her bride. Oh my God, Olga and her. Like what that twist. moment when they were like, after the two weeks she'd gone missing or two months or whatever, yeah. she comes back and she's like sitting in Olga's lap and I was like, hello, yeah. where was this tension before? Their whole little <laughs> montage moment was so sexual. That's it. That's All our, right. That's our recap. Our that's our episode. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else. Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your life. (laughs) Bye, baby girl. Bye. Bye, baby girl. ever hear someone say baby girl in the wild i'm gonna immediately turn around and walk away never read the book uh fixer up by tessa bailey you know how many baby girls are in there so many (laughs) who knew that there was only enough that marina had to count them out to figure out how many there are in a book do you remember when like back in like the hotmail account days like did you guys ever have email addresses that were like like baby underscore girl mine was baby blue chickadee 01 see baby was a thing baby blue chickadee (laughs) who knew that there was only one man in this whole world that could call someone baby girl and get away with it and it was shamar Moore in criminal minds that's true he can get away with it he really can (laughs)